Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflection from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Cameron Norris. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 24 through 43. But before we break open the bread of life, I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us to see what we're to see, to hear what we're to hear, and then share the beauty of what God reveals to us. So let's take a moment and let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit, into our hearts and enkindle our hearts the fire of your love. Father, we invite the Holy Spirit in our hearts. You say, where two or more are gathered, you are with us, to give us wisdom and knowledge, to give us the fruit of the Spirit, that we may truly see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and share it with the world so that we may be those instruments of your word in the world, that we may enflesh that word and bring light and life to others who are so much in need of you. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Cameron, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? I would absolutely love to. Again, we're in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 24 to 43. Jesus proposed another parable to the crowd, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds all through the wheat, and then went off. When the crop grew and bore fruit, the weeds, uh, the weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, Did you not sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slave said to him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? He replied, No, if you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until harvest. And at harvest time, I will say to the harvesters, First, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles for burning, but gather the wheat into my barn. He proposed another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a person took and sowed in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, yet when full grown, it is the largest of plants. It becomes a large bush, and the birds of the sky come and dwell in its branches. He spoke to them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of wheat flour until the whole batch was leavened. All these things Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables. He spoke to them only in parables to fulfill what had been said through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will announce what has lain hidden from the foundation of the world. Then, dismissing the crowds, he went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He said in reply, He who sows good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed, the children of the kingdom. 
The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. Just as weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all who cause others to sin and all evildoers. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears ought to hear the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. I circle the word parable because for my life's journey, these God stories, they're real-life stories meant to reveal a heavenly truth. I'm going to repeat that. A parable is a real-life story meant to reveal a heavenly truth. And so just as the disciples on the first parable, they said, Jesus explained to us the parable of the wheat weeds in the field. We need to ask God as we go through things in life, Lord, what did you want to teach me? What did you want to reveal to me in this? What did you want to show me? You know, I love to tell God stories and so many times where God's taken me on journeys and done things. And I'm like, wow, what do you want to teach me in that? I'll tell you a quick one because I I love fishing. I love hunting. So one time I went fishing on the Chesapeake Bay and it was in April when the big ones were running. And I really wanted to catch a a striper that was close to 50 inches. And I was like, man, that's my, my heart's desire. So we're on the boat and man, the other, there's six of us, five people hooked up, five different fish throughout the morning. And they all were like 42, 44, 46 inches. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is awesome. The last one, finally, the rod bends down. I hook the fish. It stays deep. I know it's a big one. I fight this fish the whole way to the surface. Fish lays out across the surface. Man, he's beautiful. He's got to be 50, 52 inches. He looks at me. I look at him. He snaps his head, breaks the line, 50-pound test, and swims away. (laughs) And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So here I am complaining for about the next hour and a half that I lost the biggest fish of my life. I don't understand why this would happen, blah, blah, blah. So finally, I asked the question. I said, Lord, what do you want to teach me? And that still quiet voice says, well, David, I'm glad you asked. Let me ask you a question, David. When I allowed you to hook the biggest fish of the day, did you thank me? And I said, no, Lord, I didn't. David, when I allowed you to get the fight out of the biggest fish of the day, did you thank me? No, didn't do that either. David, when I allowed you and everybody else to see the biggest fish of the day, did you thank me? I said, no, Father, I didn't. And so, David, was it okay that I left the biggest fish of the day go so that someday you may catch her young? I said, well, yeah, I guess so, Father. And then uh, one final question, David. Had I allowed you to have that biggest fish of the day netted, would you call your brother who caught his biggest fish the week before and told him you caught a bigger one and brag about it? Oh, I said, that's <laughs> the first thing I'd have done, Lord. He said, well, here's what I want you to learn by this story. Be grateful for everything I do throughout your life. Be grateful for the little things and know that there's always a purpose for the things you're not sure of, the fact you didn't get to net it. The purpose was that down the road, you'll get to catch her young. But when you're grateful, when you allow you to hook it, to get the fight out of it, to catch it, to allow other people to see it, be grateful and thank me. And then don't ever brag and don't ever, you know, Take advantage of a situation where it allows something to happen to you, and then you you get filled with pride. So again, for me, ladies and gentlemen, these stories, these parables of our life that we go through, 
Stop and like the disciples did here and ask the Lord, what do you want to teach me? And then listen, you'll be amazed. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. And, and along those same lines, he's right here in the scripture, he's, it says, I will announce what has lay hidden from the foundation of the world. There are things all around us that I think he wants to reveal to us. I think he wants to reveal, a, call it a hidden meaning behind or a parable. We're talking about parables. I think there's things that we go through that he can't wait to talk with us more about, but we need to stop. We need to pause. We need to ask the question, Lord, what did you want to teach me there? And oftentimes I think of things, we have three younger kids at home. Um, There's plenty of times where I try to do things with them where I'm trying to teach them something. And and really it's the times they learn when when we actually get together and we talk about it. Um, I, I think our Heavenly Father wants to treat us in the same way, where it's not just going through the motions and rush here and do this and do that. I think it's important for, yeah, not just at the end of the day, but throughout the day. Um, there's plenty of times where we can walk out of a situation and say, Lord, what did you want to teach me there? And in the same way the disciples said right here, he goes through, Jesus goes through three parables, and when they're done, they said, explain to us, like, what did you mean? I, I, I don't think that was a, I don't think that was a, a, a rude comment. I think that was saying, hey, we heard, we heard what you had to say there, but I don't think we understand it. And, and what does he do? He doesn't say, hey, you're going to have to meditate on that one and figure it out on your own. He, he explains it to him. He, he says in reply, this is this, this is this, this is this. And, and then he wraps it up with, whoever has ears ought to hear. And, and I think that's, I think that's a, a statement we could say to ourselves. Um, do we have ears to hear what he's saying and the way that he's speaking to us? You know, that's interesting because every morning when I wake up or throughout my day, I pray, Lord, Grant me the gift of the ears to hear your voice and the grace to be obedient to hear every utterance. Give me the spiritual eyes to see you at work in my life and then grant me a heart to respond with love to what I see. I think saying that little ditty, that little prayer really helps me see what I'm to see, hear what I'm to hear, and then to have that heart of gratitude that's filled with love so that I can respond with love to what I hear, what Mm -hmm. I see, in obedience to the will of the Father. I love it. And I I find it fascinating as I read the, the, the third line, it says, when the crop grew and bore fruit, and I think what the Lord is explaining to us, you know, in the world we live in, it's a fallen world, and there's going to be people that the enemy has infected with his seeds of deception and addiction and all those things. But for me, I'm still called to grow and to bear fruit, and that will happen even though there's there's this weeds all around us. The weeds aren't... aren't um, the person God created, but they're the seeds of the enemy that the enemy sowed in the hearts of these individuals that God created, because Satan can't create anybody, can't create a child. And the seeds were planted in the hearts of these people, the soil of their heart. And then those weeds, that sin in their life makes them, you know, look like or appear like they're not of God, but yet every heart, human heart, has that seed of faith that we're called to water, that we're called to to till the soil of the heart. So for me, in, in my journey, I'm called to grow and produce fruit, even amongst what looks like 
weeds growing all around me, but that's my calling. And, and so for me, that gives me great hope that no matter what's around me in the world, I'm called to grow and I'm called to bear fruit. And that fruit is the works of love. Yeah. It's the works of love. Yeah. And the other parable talks about the condition of our heart being being likened to soil. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and and having good soil. But I mean, it it's it's marvelous that he's explaining these these different parables. He's saying this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. He's trying to explain a kingdom reality in a natural, something our, we would be able to comprehend. But just think of it like this, with a garden, we, we grow some things, and it's when we start mixing up the ground, it's when we put the fertilizer in there, and you know we're making sure it's getting the sunlight, and we're watering it regularly. The weeds just like come out of nowhere. It's like they were there the whole time, but as we're trying to put in good things into there, they're drinking up the sunlight, they're drinking up the water, they're drinking up the fertilizer, and we have to be out there on a daily basis to see them when they're coming up and, and to get those things out of there. So as you're talking, don't be surprised when you see a weed next to you, but be able to identify it. And um, I, I think our focus when we're trying to grow crops is for the things that we want to grow to have fruit, but but yeah, I, I don't think we should be surprised when when we run into a weed. Yeah, and you know the Old Testament tells us that in the heart of man, that God Jesus planted the seed of faith in every human heart, and you know as we look at that, that seed of faith is like the mustard seed. I mean, in the world, say there's eight billion human beings, I'm probably and you're probably a mustard seed in that. Ocean of humanity of 8 billion people. Well, that's that's good. what God's trying to tell us. But that seed of faith in my heart, when it grows, and we'll use Mother Teresa as an example, an Albanian young girl, somebody watered her seed, somebody fertilized her seed, you know what I mean? And God then grew it. She became that, that, that mustard plant, that safe haven that bore this fruit that fed the, fed the birds, that let, gave them safety, get them a place to, to nurture their young. Mother Teresa, in her, yes, that seed grew. The mustard seed is what he shows us into this incredible bush that then offered shade, it offered nourishment, it offered safety, it offered nesting, all of that. Mother Teresa's yes, and the fruit of the work of her love is still producing today, even though she's left and has touched tens of millions of people. And I really think that's the parable of the mustard seed, don't underestimate the seed of faith that Christ sowed in our hearts as it starts to grow and continues to grow. We nurture it with the Word of God. We nurture it with the Eucharist. We nurture it all the time, every day, keep feeding it, getting it stronger. It grows, and then God uses us to be what? A world changer. Don't underestimate your yes and how God wants to use you to change this world for the better opportunities. I love this. You know, you talk about weeds, but when I see weeds in a person's life, addictions, whatever it is, I see it as an opportunity because at the end of the day, all 8 billion human beings out there, God created them all. He knitted the soul to the body in, the, in their mother's wombs and their opportunities. Every weed we see is an opportunity for us to share truth and light and love and mercy and compassion to be invitations to the banquet instead of huh, 
the fires of Gehenna, which I wouldn't want to go to. Yeah, absolutely not. And as we are going out to change the world, he tell, he calls us to be the yeast, right? He doesn't say, "Hey, I'm going to put you at the, you know, at this." It, it's not like this overpowering thing that he's calling you to do. He's calling us to be yeast to be able to change the world. And and the example here says, uh, "The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of wheat until the whole batch was leavened." I I think. It's important for us to not underestimate what a little bit of yeast can do to something, what what a small little seed can do to a garden. There's plenty of times, and I think we can all think of times in our lives where just a little bit of yeast came in, and we talk about that that seed that God has put in every human heart uh, for eternity. And there's times in life where somebody came by and put some water on that. There's times where somebody came by and put some fertilizer in that. And it might just be breaking open the bread of life like we're doing now. It, sometimes I, I see it too often, almost on a daily basis. I feel like people are starving for encouragement. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm telling you, it doesn't take a lot. A little bit of encouragement can dispel some discouragement. I mean, I it doesn't it doesn't take a lot of searching to find discouragement. I mean, turn on turn on your TV or or go through your phone or you know, get into a conversation with somebody and it, it's easy to find discouragement out there. But an encouraging word, a yeah, uh, I'm thinking of a time I, I was in high school and I was interacting with uh, this one family and the lady, I don't know, I don't know where this came from, she said, I see you as a light in a dark place. I'm telling you, I was like, it almost knocked me off my feet. Mm -hmm. I I think she was just being kind, but I was like, man, did I, I was so thirsty for that. And I didn't even know I was thirsty for it until I like had a drink of it. And it's, it's so interesting that I remember that moment in time because the Lord brings that to memory often when I'll, I'll be in a situation and, it'll be, and I'll be reminded of that. And he reminds me of it because he wants me to offer that cup of water to the person that I'm with. And, and I think those, I think that's an invitation to all of us. What are those moments that we have in our history with God that he brings to memory, and, and what's the reason for that? I, I think that's one of the ways that he speaks. I know it's one of the ways he speaks to me, but I think it's one of the ways that he speaks to everybody. He, he, he has us recall these times where some sunshine came on our lives, where some water came into our lives, where somebody sprinkled some fertilizer when we needed it. Yeah, and are we living water vessels where Christ flows from us in all conversations, in all meetings? I love fishing stories, so I'll go into another one. So there was a morning I was going to go fishing in the afternoon with a captain down the Chesapeake Bay, and I, so I said a prayer. And I invited the Father along because, you know, too many times we think we leave, you know, God in church and that's where we meet him. No, 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 God, the Father wants to be with us in all things, you know, be a part of our lives. So I invited the Father to go fishing with me. So down to the Chesapeake Bay, I go meet the captain, and the first thing he said is, did you pray? 
Oh, I said, absolutely, I prayed. In fact, I invited the father with, with us, you know, to go with us this day. He said, well, that's good. He said, we were out fishing all morning. We didn't get a bite. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm feeling pretty good about this because I invited the father along. I think we're going to have a beautiful day. Now, isn't that a story of the Bible where they went out and they cast their nets and they fished all night, didn't catch anything? And Jesus says, hey, come on out with me and we'll put the nets out on the other side. And, yep. and they caught a bounty. So, okay, so that sounds real familiar. So out in the boat we go. We didn't even get. We didn't even clear the jetties at the end of the end of the uh, area where the boat was kept. And the captain said, "David, get up here." I went up to the front. He said, "Look at that screen of the depth finders." Yeah. He said, "Do you see that cloud?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "You know what that is?" I said, "No." He said, "That's about a three mile swath of blue of, of uh, seagulls over fish. We're going to go down there. I think we're going to do phenomenal." We go down there. It's all these birds diving on fish or feeding on the top of the water. We caught over a hundred and some stripers. It was the most incredible day of my life. It was phenomenal. And I said, see, I told you I invited the father along. I said, I told you. I said, start up with prayer. He said, man, oh man, what did I just do? I watered the seed of faith in his heart. I showed him a real life story where he thought something was impossible and we caught him. Now that's the second part to that story. We did that good. I came home and told my Amish friends about it. They said, could we go next week with you? I said, absolutely. So we booked the same trip next week, going to go down expecting the same thing. Out we go, an hour and a half into the fishing trip. We didn't get a bite. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't believe this. Lord, last week it was so good. I don't understand. And then I hear the still quiet voice of the Lord. Did you forget something? And I'm like, wow, you know what? I was that busy this morning. I forgot to do that prayer. I forgot to invite you along. I apologize. So I took about an hour sitting there praying my morning prayer and invited the Father along. When I finished the prayer, I, I looked up through the windshield up towards Baltimore and I saw this black line across the horizon. I'm like, what? So I said, Cap, can I use your binoculars? I got his binoculars. I looked through the binoculars and there, that black line was seagulls, probably about a mile long, <laughs> diving over fish breaking. We went up. We caught, again, over 100 and some stripers. Wow. The, the Amish said it was the best fishing trip they ever had in their life. But what did I do wrong? I took God for granted. I figured, hey, I did that good last week. He'll do it again this week. Now, God's not a magician. He wants a sincere heart, the heart of a child that wants his father to go fishing with him, that depends on his father for the source of all good things. So for me, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus says, unless you become like one of these little ones, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. God wants to allow us to enter every day of our life through our parables of our life, through divine appointments, through God moments, through just so many heavenly kisses. God wants to be a part of every part of our journey. Scripture says, pray without ceasing. That's God saying, hey, David, to our listening audience, I want to be with you today. Invite me along. Yeah, it's so good. Wow. So in his explanation here, when they say, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field, he said in reply, he who sows good seed is the son of man. That's often how he referred to himself as the son of man. Here's one that could be easily overlooked. The field is the world. He has us where he has us because he wants us there. It's, it's not an accident. It, and then it says the good seed is the children of the kingdom. Where, where is, as he is the one that's sowing the seed, if, if the good seed is us, the children of the kingdom, where is he planting us? He's planting us in the world. I think it's important not to seclude ourselves, to distance ourselves. I think, I think he knows 
where you live. I think he knows the community that you're around. I think he knows your neighbors, your friends, all of those things. I think he has you in a place for a reason. And, and, and I mean, it's pretty easy to think about, you know, David and I, we've been working together for the last year now. He knew that 12 years ago, when he had me start coming to the Gospel Reflection Group on Wednesday mornings. It was not on my agenda. It was not in my plans. It was not in your plans to be where we are today. But it, I can't think about it for too long without, I mean, it's almost overwhelming. He knew where he needed me to be. And the field is the world. It's. I think oftentimes it's like we can go through the motions of, am I at the right place? Am I at the right place? He's saying yes. He's saying the field is the world. You're my seed, and I'm going to put you where I need you. So I don't think that's just an invitation for me. I, I, I think if you're listening to this, it's, it's a friendly reminder. He has you where he wants you for a reason. And as we go throughout the day, it, it, something that we might learn today. He might be teaching you something today that he wants to use in you 10 years from now, 20 years from now, or, or maybe tomorrow. That's beautiful. And um, just share one more quick story. Uh, I also like to go pheasant hunting. So again, these parables of our lives, the story of our lives, I go with my four of my friends. We got pheasant hunting. They put the birds out because there's no wild pheasants anymore. So we know they're in the fields. We line up across the field. We start walking through the field. And I decide I'm going to go to the end of the field to stand to block the birds. So I tell everybody to my left exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go down to the end of the field. Don't shoot me. But my best friend, my closest friend, is to my right. He's only like 15 feet away. He's got to know what I'm doing. We hunt it together all the time. So I don't tell him what I'm doing. So I get down to the end of the field. Next thing you know, a pheasant flies at his feet. He shoots me. Shoots at the pheasant. Hits me. I jump to the ground. And the next thing I know, my neck's bleeding. Almost increased my carotid artery. The seven BBs went into my, my chest, my vest, and I'm shot. So eventually, after an hour and a half of wondering whatever happened, I asked the Lord, what do you want to teach me? And the Lord said, I'm glad you asked me, David. Number one, you have a problem telling people that are closest to you what you're doing, and it caused you to get hurt. Number two, your carotid artery that was almost creased. I want you to realize every day is a gift. Don't take it for granted. And number three, there was a man that was behind me, stood behind me when I got shot. He said, I saw the face of God. He said, and, and what happened there is, David, I want to put you in the middle between Satan and others. You're going to get hit, but the vest that I had you buttoned, the leather vest, is going to protect you. The BBs are going to hit it. You're going to get hit, but you're not going to get hurt. When we go through our, our parables of our life, ask God what you wanted to teach me, and then listen and learn. God bless each and every one of you. Let's change this world. Let's be the world changers God created us to be. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, 
is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.